This is the Timber and Steel Podcast. Here we take on topics ranging from fitness, nutrition, and mindset, and we make them relevant to regular people just like us. So sit back, relax, and I hope you learn something. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Clayton. How are you today? I'm I'm okay. Good. It's good to see you smiling. Yeah, it's Friday. It is it is Friday. Heck yeah. Um I'm I'm ready for a nap. I don't Me know if too. I'm gonna get one today, but um I'm ready for a nap. We we need to bring back siestas. We do. I went on a few uh rabbit trail already. Um like mission trips, like in in high school, like for our church, we'd go to, to Mexico, we'd help build a church or do a vacation Bible school sort of thing. And, but that's so ingrained in their culture that like you'd work really, really hard in the morning and then everyone just lay down wherever they were at in a pile of gravel or whatever, and just take a nap for 45 minutes and then get up and, uh, you know, like this is the most amazing thing. So, um, I, my go-to is the eight minute Navy SEAL nap. Eight minutes. Eight minutes. You put your feet up. Eight minutes. That's it. And it helps you recharge. Wow. Yeah. I have never done anything that short. Like I can. Yeah. I get about twenty minutes, and mm-hmm. I and I feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. Never do, tried to do. Yeah. Eight minutes. Feet up though. Feet up. Okay. So if you ever find me in the office or in the gym with my feet up, just let me be for no. another eight minutes. Unless you've started like four minutes ago, then I'm yeah, only well, going to give you yeah. four minutes. All right. That's, Anyways, that's enough about, what are we uh, about napping. Today, <laughs> t- t- today, today we're going to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about this. And it's what is fitness? And I wanted to talk about this because I think most people get it wrong. Most people have no idea what they mean when they're talking about fitness and what the pursuit of fitness is. And as a gym that helps people find fitness, um, and, and pursue that and achieve it. It's important, I think, for people to understand what, what we're about specifically, but then like, what, what is CrossFit about? And I think that has gotten very, very muddy over the years because of the popularity of the sport mm-hmm. of CrossFit mm-hmm. um, and some pitfalls about what happens because of that. Anyway, there's a lot to cover. So we're going to put split this into probably two episodes. We're going to cover part of it, a couple things today, and then yep. we'll... Uh, come back to this in the future. So we're going to start with, as, as we do, defining terms, and then we'll explore this a little bit. But I want to do, before we give the, like, this is our definition of fitness and explain all that, I want to take some time and cover some of the popular ideas or understandings of what fitness is. And I, I took some some notes. So I have a few things prepared, okay. but but I want to hear just like off off the dome, like what do you think is like the most popular understanding? What when you ask somebody or someone says that they they're fit, or like what what are some things that come to mind that you think would be popular understandings? I think, you know, when we talk this as a general topic, people immediately go to uh, the physique. Yeah, that that person looks fit. Yes, well, it's right there. It's mm-hmm. in in the word looks. Yeah. Um, that was kind of some of my thoughts initially is like when people are thinking fitness, they're thinking a certain like body composition, like yeah. low body fat percentage. Somebody that looks, you can see their muscles cause they have a low enough body fat position or body fat percentage. They must be fit. They're mm-hmm. a fit person. Someone that has 
like, I mean, even in, in the bodybuilding kind of world, they have different categories for their competitions. There's like bodybuilding, there's physique, and th- there's a fitness category. Mm-hmm. Um, and those all have to do with standards of aesthetics, how things look, but it has nothing to do with how we're going to define actual mm-hmm. actual fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things that, any, anything else you think of that people often equate to being fit? How much time somebody spends in the gym. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Definitely. You have to spend so many hours and so many days in a week in a gym makes deter makes or breaks the determination of quote unquote fit. Yeah. Yeah. That could definitely play in there for sure. Um, a couple things that I hear or see is kind of two different categories that they're closer to what we're going to talk about as a way of de- defining fitness. But this idea of ultimate strength, mm-hmm. like how much can you lift, how much you bench, bro, those sorts of things. Um, and or the opposite end of that is like, hey, like so much just long distance running. Yeah. Like, like someone that does a triathlon, they're fit. Someone that runs a marathon, they're fit. And um, the problem I, I see, and this is, I mean, it's a problem that that the founders of CrossFit saw and kind of the origins of CrossFit and its and its methodology is that none of those things are broad enough and inclusive enough mm-hmm. like the the strength or endurance camps like one's neglecting the other mm-hmm. um, and they're both neglecting a lot of other things in the way of performance and then the more aesthetic stuff like aesthetics can maybe be a correlation like aesthetics can change in the pursuit of fitness but just because you look a certain way doesn't have any bearing. It doesn't equate to a certain amount of performance. So when we look at all of these different things, there's there's no one aspect to them that is going to help us come to a consensus on what fitness is. Because if it has something to do with the way you look and a certain size of muscles and whatnot, then that makes the effort and the work that the marathon runner does kind of makes that meaningless yeah right so um how do we solve this dun 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 well we'll we'll do it so we're gonna talk about this this definition of fitness and we can unpack this and talk about it for a while this is the the succinct and very clear definition of of fitness but when talking to a normal person maybe not the most helpful (laughs) so fitness is work capacity across broad time and modal domains Mm -hmm. that is so short it's like it's one one sentence and it means so much but if i said that to my mother she might look at me like i'm weird like those words don't like who talks like that right 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 so let's let's break that down um work capacity what does that mean jenny what are we talking about when we say work capacity do i mean just off the top of your head okay what does that mean a person's ability to do work, your capacity to do right. to do stuff, right. your capacity to do things. Right. Okay, so we're already talking about performance now, right? Instead yep. of your muscle size or yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. We have, we're understanding that okay, this has some some performance component. This is a person's ability, their capacity to do work. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take a short little sidebar here. Oh boy. Because work 
actually has a mathematical equation that defines it. Yeah. Oh man, do you? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep putting Jenny on the spot here, and and I'm gonna give you a second to answer. And if you don't know it, that's okay. I'll just I'll just give it. Do you know the equation for work? Off the top of my head, no. Okay, so it is force times distance divided by the time it takes to do that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're lifting a barbell from the ground. The deadlift, so from the ground to standing up tall, we can measure that distance, right? We can measure the amount of weight that you're moving, Mm -hmm. and then we divide that by how much time time it takes you to move that that weight, that distance, and that is your power output expressed in, you know, foot pounds per second, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, That is the definition of work. So if we're, I mean, that's lifting a barbell. We could, another example would be, let's take running. We have your body weight. We set the distance to 400 meters. Mm-hmm. You run it as fast as you can. Boom. That is moving a, bot, your, a weight, your body weight, a set distance divided by how long it takes you to do it. That gives us a number that is your power output, your work capacity for that effort. Yep. Of whatever whatever that is. So that can be done with all kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's where that second part of the definition, we'll go back and restate that, work capacity across broad time and modal domains. Right. So that um, domains can be attached to both time and, and modal. So broad time domains, mm-hmm. broad modal domains. What's a time domain? Anything from two seconds to prolonged minutes yeah. to hours. Yeah. So we've already, we've got th- this work capacity, which we just defined yep. about your ability to do stuff. We gave the, the fancy math equation to figure that out. And now we're like, okay, let's express that. What can you do in 30 seconds, 10 seconds, two minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, like all an hour and 30 minutes, like yeah. whatever, anything. Take a, ultra marathon runner like someone's gonna take them eight hours or two days or whatever Mm -hmm. right they're expressing their work capacity across a very very long time domain but there's everything in between right all of those things hey what are our modal domains everything every the the things that we're actually doing yeah so running weightlifting gymnastics Gymnastics. body weight stuff i mean those are big categories of modalities modal domains but then we come down to like specifics, like deadlifts. Some people are better at deadlifts mm-hmm. than back squats or better at running than weightlifting. And so um, better at sprinting than long, long distance, distance stuff, right? Yep. So there we have all of the different variables, if you will, of the different modalities, the different lifts we can do, the different exercises, different movements we can do. Yeah. We take those almost infinite number of variables in the different modalities you can do. Combine that with the various lengths of time, like mm-hmm. basically an infinite amount of time, I think, I mean, you could continue to do work for and all of those different things. And we combine those things, how, like how many different variations would there be? If you have al- almost infinite number of movements and an infinite amount of time domains that you could, you could work in. Infinite. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> mind boggling, right? So fitness is a person's ability to demonstrate 
work, to do work across all of these different time domains, doing all of these different movements and exercises in an infinite number of combinations. Absolutely. That is miles and miles and miles away from getting your biceps to grow to a certain mm-hmm. amount of size. Like mm-hmm. that has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the size of your muscles or anything to do with how you look, your body fat percentage, anything like that. That's so crazy. Like this, when I first heard this and like, this was mind, like just opening to me, like, wow, fitness is about performance, about making me a more capable human being across all of these different things and not sucking at any of it. Yeah. is the pursuit of that. Yeah. But most people don't know that. No. Most people are back to like thinking about I want to look a certain way. I want to I want to see my muscles. I want to get really strong. Like I, people are always like oh, I got to get stronger. I got to Yes, faster, but faster. Yes, but there's also a bunch of other things, right? We're going to talk about those in a second. Before we move on to this second part of this, all of what we just said is true. It is factual there's math that works to back it all up but if for everyday person and practically in like trying to look at your fitness most people aren't going to measure the distance that they lift a barbell (laughs) they're not actually going to be plugging in the weights that they move and the distances that they move and the runs and like their body weight and figuring out the math to see if their work capacity is improving yeah as, as their fitness improves, like as, I mean, if that's what we're pursuing is improved work capacity across broad time and modal domains, then we need to find some other ways of looking at fitness that helps us put it into context and help us understand like, how do we take that and apply it to us living an actual life in, in this world? Yeah. So there are three lenses that we can use to kind of look at, wait, nope, those four. There's four. There's four. Um, and uh, man, my brain just, I couldn't remember if there were three or four. Um, methods that we kind of can use to understand fitness in a more, less nerdy way, <laughs> I guess. Yep. A little more practical way. Yeah. None of these are sufficient on their own, Correct. but is the combination of all four of these lenses these different methods of looking at fitness that allow us to get a good picture as where we are in our in our fitness. Um, anything you want to add no. to that? Okay. We're going to start then with the first. The, the word is leaving me. I keep using the word lens, which works. I've heard method. What am I? What's the fitness word? model. Model. There we go. Thank you, Jenny. There was a word I was just, I couldn't remember. Um, So the first model we're going to take a look at today, um, and then we'll save the other three for for another episode. Um, We're going to talk about the 10 general physical skills. So that as we work through these, what I want you to do is visualize these in in a list. So from top to bottom, and then a horizontal line going out to the side of each one of these things. And that's, and along that line, you've got a zero at the left-hand side and a number 10 at the right-hand side. And then I want you to kind of envision where, if you were going to put a dot that would rank you as a person, your abilities currently on that thing as between zero and 10. And then 
Well, in the end, you'll have a, a good visual of where you stack up. And we are going to talk about the 10 general physical skills, starting with number one, Jenny. Cardiovascular respiratory endurance. That's a mouthful. So endurance. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, what does that mean? Because that's a mouthful of stuff. What does it mean to have cardiovascular respiratory endurance? Pretty much it's the way your body can process and deliver oxygen. Yeah. Our bodies need oxygen to live. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just a matter of like sucking it in no. and pushing it back out. Our bodies have to use that. And when we're exercising, mm-hmm. our body uses that oxygen in the process of creating energy to fuel our efforts. Mm -hmm. So your body's efficiency, ability, capacity to take that oxygen that you can breathe in and convert it to energy to be used for your physical efforts, that is your cardio respiratory endurance. Mm -hmm. That's something that that you can work on, that you can train. Yes. How do we train that? through a plethora of things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's pushing yourself to where you are struggling, yes. right? This is, yeah. these first several things that we're talking about have an, uh, they're called an, an they have an organic mm-hmm. um, adaptation component, meaning that they improve with training, with yep. actual pushing the boundaries of those things. So to get this, improve your cardiorespiratory endurance, You've got to get out of breath. Yeah. Yeah, right? You have to get comfortably uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, be able to be like, I, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Okay, that's fine. Touch that. Mm-hmm. Get your breath back. Proceed on. Continue to mm-hmm. com- tell your body that you need to be able to get take this oxygen in and, and use it. Next. What's on the list? Stamina. Did I say that correct? Stamina? Mm-hmm. No. Stamina. Stamina. There you go. The M comes first. <laughs> We're both uh, like on top of it today yeah. with our using words. Stamina. Stamina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So stamina is, um, and I hear this a lot. People are like, oh, I need more stamina. I need more stamina. Maybe, but I don't think people really know what the definition of stamina is. So Jenny, why don't you share that with us? It is the ability of body systems to process, deliver, store, and utilize energy. Ooh, where do we get our energy from? All the things. All the things. A lot of it from food. Food. All right. Sleep. Yeah. Hydration. So, there. It's another system within the body, just like we talked about our body's ability to take in oxygen and then can use that oxygen in the process of creating energy and breathing and whatnot. But then, once the energy is created, mm-hmm. like your body has to be able to use that energy mm-hmm. and convert the food you have to being able to do stuff. So we'll see this play out where people like come into a workout and they maybe don't have enough energy or they, they start out really good and then they just bonk. Like they, whoop, yeah. I got nothing. Um, sometimes it, like it could be lack of sleep, lack of food, but sometimes it is, no, you're, like your body's system for turning all of those things that we do, food, sleep, water, all that stuff, and converting it into energy, it, your system isn't trained yet, isn't efficient, isn't strong. So your stamina, your ability to continue to do that for long periods of time, just isn't there yet. How can we get better with that? 
Oh yeah, this is again an organic adaptation. We yeah. improve through training. So pushing ourselves to the point where our stamina runs out and we have to stop and rest a second and then go again. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, continuing to be uncomfortable, like you said. We talk about this a lot, when, especially with those interval days too, giving ourselves that time, that allotted time to rest. Mm -hmm. But then there's other days when I tell a lot of our athletes, you can take a break, but the break isn't a picnic. It's a, you take a breath and you get back on that bar to help with that processing, yeah. that energy and pushing it so that we can see that change in the longer run. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yes, it does. But it's beneficial for yeah. us. Yeah. And that's the, th the thing with these, these um, physical skills that are organic is that we have to push ourselves to un yes. being uncomfortable mm -hmm. or does he change? Mm -hmm. So if every time we go out for a warm up run or a run and you're like, Oh, this, I hate running. I'm just not going to push it. And I'm, like, I'm just going to stay in a comfortable zone. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You are, that's the extent of mm -hmm. how your cardiorespiratory endurance is going to be and your stamina. Cause you can improve both of those through, through some running. Um, and, and many other things, but just as an example. And so if you don't push to, you're uncomfortable then it's not gonna get any better yeah okay number three is strength mm -hmm. this is the ability of a muscular unit or combination of muscular units to apply force yes um the way i like to i've heard it phrased is a productive application of force i so, like it um and um this one has some i mean i'm i'm a big nerd i can have this conversation about these things all day, every day. I love this stuff. So I'm going to take a little deeper, like here, here's a rabbit trail. It's only going to add more detail and confusion to people, but uh, I think it's a fun little nuance. So our, our definition of, of, of strength is what, what I just said, or the production application of force, a productive application of, of force. Meaning here's an object. Can you pick it up? Mm -hmm. Were you capable of doing it? Right. You picked it yeah. up, you moved it. Um, that was a productive application of force. You accomplished the task. In some circles, a strength is measured, and they do this by taking like a, I think it's a biopsy of the muscle. Like they stick a thing in your leg, mm -hmm. and they pull out a small little circle, of, and they stick some electrodes on it or whatever. Basically, they measure the contractile potential of the muscle fiber. And like, okay, this is how much the how how much contraction we can get out of your muscle fiber yeah. and then we can do the math and figure out how like the size of your leg and th like this is the contractile potential of your leg that's great and super fascinating and interesting that they can do that yeah and in one way like yeah it's this is what your muscle is capable of doing in a laboratory but that does not equate to actually lifting anything because right. you haven't done anything yet, right? right. It's just been a, a attached to some electrodes or something. So that functional definition, that definition of actually show me what you can do, is is more useful for us because that like that's where it comes that's where it comes in contact with real life is you actually being able to do a thing rather than sitting around and be like I'm not my legs. I've been told I'm the strongest person in the world because my contractile potential is so high. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to prove that because well, what if I injured myself right? Right. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. It's like, I don't, I've no need to prove it. I don't, 
because at, at some point, like there's so much that comes into that strength piece in that productive application of force. Because if you're, I mean, if you're competing in some sort of a weightlifting thing, which those competitions are often to express strength, right? Technique becomes a factor yeah. and maybe someone that has less contractile potential in their muscles, but has better technique is going to aft outlift somebody that has, um, poorer yeah. technique. And so, um, anyway, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. And I love that stuff that there's two different ways of viewing strength. And I, I like the more practical, like, can you lift it? Yes or no. Well, and that's who we are. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. We're practical. We're practical. And Normal. I, yeah. And all of and like, we're going to continue going through these, these 10, but I wanted to like toss this in there that as, as we're going through this and ask you to kind of like put yourself on a scale of one to 10 on each, each one of these, like just because you're at a spot doesn't mean that you're stuck at that spot forever. Absolutely. And it is, and I was telling people this morning in my classes, like the pursuit of the thing is like the majority of the benefit of doing the thing. So just because you're maybe doing something that you're not great at right now, that doesn't mean there's not benefit to doing it. It doesn't mean it won't get better and you don't need to feel bad about it. You don't need to give up or kick yourself or anything like that. Like these are all just general physical skills that we all land on this scale of zero to 10 somewhere. And uh, it helps us view our fitness and and it's one model for viewing our fitness. And so it's not meant to make anyone feel bad or anything like that. So, all right. We talked about strength. So we talked about three so far. We're going to next one is flexibility. Ooh. Mm -hmm. The ability to maximize the range of motion at a given joint. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. Flexibility and mobility. Yeah. Motion is lotion. It, it is. It is. We see a lot of people that are uh, inflexible yes. in some places and yeah. more flexible in other places. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a thing that is, again, an organic adaptation. If you want to be more flexible, you just have to spend time training that flexibility. Yeah. And guys, humans, we know this is one part that is just painful. Yeah. Because it takes work. Yeah, it does. All of these can be like we just talked about about yes. getting uncomfortable, yeah. right? All yeah. of these sort of things, like ah. But I feel like flexibility, mobility, everybody kind of like uh, we know. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, I definitely know. I tried <laughs> to do some pigeon stretch this morning, and it was tight. Yes, it's tight. Okay, now we're gonna cross over. We're going over to number five. We're crossing over kind of the middle on our numbers of one through 10, right? Mm-hmm. Number five is power is what I, yeah. I think Jenny and I are both looking at a list because I did, was going to lose my spot and if I didn't keep a list in front of me. So um, power is the ability of a muscular unit or a combination of muscular units to apply maximum force in a minimum time. So there's something about this. We talked about force. Um, which we talked about in in the strength, like the ability um, of a muscular unit to apply force. But here, we're we're talking about maximal force in a minimum time. So it's about speed, right? Not mm-hmm. just any time, but a minimum time. So we're moving quickly. So this is strength plus speed. Your ability to express speed or strength with speed. So for example, let's take a deadlift. Boop boop. Someone lifts up. A deadlift. It takes two people, two athletes, side by side. They're the same height. 
same size. They're going to lift the same weight. They're going to both going to lift whatever it is. We'll say it's 200 pounds. One person lifts it as fast as they can, and it takes them a second to do the deadlift. Yes. Okay. The other person does the deadlift, and it takes them half a second. And that's both of those like as fast as they can possibly do it. Strength-wise, they both express the same amount of strength. Mm-hmm. They, lo- they moved the same load the same distance. The athlete that moved it in a half a second expressed more power because they were able to move that load faster. Hopefully, I'd, I'd, I'd ask everyone if that makes sense, but I would not get any feedback because this is a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so that, that's, that's what we're looking at at power. And I mean, we use barbell as an example because that's easy. That's something we work with all the yeah. time, but that could yeah. be anything. I mean, anyone that's running, like running, you run a all out 400, the person that runs it the fastest, if compare like same, same body size, same moving the same amount of weight to so someone that weighs the same two people, two athletes compared whoever runs it the fastest, they express the same amount of work. Mm-hmm. One person express more power. Yep. Second one, or not the second one. It is the second one, but I'll come back to why it's the second one later. Um, number six, speed. The ability to minimize the time cycle of a repeated movement. Yeah. So we talk about like expressing the, the power. It was like like one movement. Like here's your. Mm-hmm. But if we had to do multiple movements yeah. in a row, person that's able to repeat those the fastest. Mm-hmm. It's going to be speed. Same thing could apply to running. Yes. Right? I mean, yeah. the faster you turn those feet over, mm-hmm. the, fa- the, the more speed you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think we need to belabor that one. I think everyone no, kind of understands the difference pretty, of, of pretty speed. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so far, all six of these do have a the, a organic adaptation component to them. Yes. They improve with training. Mm-hmm. Power and speed also include a neurological adaptation. And that's why I said these two earlier, because power and speed require a neurological component for them to improve. Not only neurological, there's organic training. So you have to improve through training, but also through neurological adaptation. Neurological adaptation happens through practice. So we have these two categories of these 10 general physical skills. Organic adaptation, neurological adaptation, Mm -hmm. and then there's two in the middle that require both. So we just covered those two, right? Power and speed. Now we're going to move on to the ones that are neurological only so these things all get better with practice yes not by doing heavier or faster or whatever just repetition yep okay so the first one so this is number seven on the list yeah but we're talking about these neurological changes is coordination coordination the ability to combine several distinct movement patterns into a singular distinct movement yeah. So that's bringing a whole lot of movements and narrowing it down to try to bring it all together. Yeah, bringing them together in a in orchestrated yes, beautiful symphony yes. of of movement. Yes. So for us in the gym, we see this play out when we're like, okay, we're going to combine a deadlift with a jump and a Quick, quick change in direction, mm-hmm. landing in an overhead squat with the barbell overhead, and we call that a snatch. Yes. <laughs> and it's one movement, but if you break it down, it yeah. is like several 
different components to that we have to do in the right order or it doesn't happen the way that it should and it mm-hmm. requires those things happening in the right order um so and we, we laugh like we did that that's our today's workout has snatches mm-hmm. in it and mm-hmm. um yeah it's always a little bit mentally challenging like you want to add more weight you want to get to that like the organic training side adaptation of yeah. that but so often the neurological side the coordination side of that movement limits people's ability to to push that organic adaptation but that's okay like developing coordination is none of these these aren't listed in a hierarchy like these are all equally important so coordination wonderful um and we are always people are always like oh i'm just so uncoordinated even if we just ask them to jump with their feet together like they can't seem to get both feet and that's seems like a pretty compared to the snatch very simple movement Mm -hmm. but getting the brain to tell the body to do these two these this left and right foot both need to leave the ground at the same time and land at the same time and that is really hard for some people yeah which is totally fine that's why we're working on it we're pursuing it okay number eight the next neurological adaptation is agility the ability to minimize transition time from one movement pattern to another movement pattern. Do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah. There is, um, I I like this definition. There's another definition that I, that I like to layer on top of this. And we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, so we often see this, like there's a thing called an agility ladder. It looks like a ladder laying on the ground, but it's made of cloth. Um, and so you don't trip on it, but then you like move your feet in and out of the squares that would yeah. be like the rungs of, of a ladder um, in different patterns quickly as you work your way down the ladder. And you ask people to change that pattern, change the, the order in which the feet move in and out and move in different ways. And it trains these these different patterns. Where, where else what, might we see agility show up? I'm trying to stump Jenny yeah. all the time. Yeah. I can just put her on the spot. Yeah. Uh, I kind of see this with wall balls a lot. Okay. That tra- trying to quickly move that transition time mm-hmm. from catching that ball to the bo- in the bottom of the squat to getting it back up out. Like yeah. Being able to transition between those movements mm-hmm. is quite, it, it's quick. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Anytime we have to, um, change direction i think mm-hmm. we we deal with that but like the olympic lifts specifically yeah. like we're going up quickly and then we have to change like that's our pattern is going up up and then we have to change direction and, yeah. get, and get back down that there is some ex- expression of agility um what i and they're smarter people than i came up with these definitions so yeah. i'm not going to tell them that they did a bad job but what i have seen is that people that practice these things these patterns right and they they get better at doing them right and that's what we just talked about like that's the neurological adaptation we practice this ability to change directions in a snatch or olympic lift we get better at it yeah. right yeah. we practice the drills in the ag- agility ladder mm-hmm. we can get better at those we can put them in there at different combinations and we can get better at switching from one pattern to another pattern but what this doesn't work on and it's hard to train in the gym is the ability to change from one pattern to another pattern mid 
movement that's outside yeah. of the normal progression. Like say you're, you're doing like side to side shuffles through an agility ladder. And then all of a sudden you need to change direction and do a side to side shuffle like in reverse. Mm -hmm. If you trained that and you did that and you knew it was coming, you could get good at that. But if you're doing it and all of a sudden something happened in front of you and you needed to change direction, most people are going to trip over their feet and fall over Yeah, because yep. right? they're not ready for it. And so that unknown stimulus, the unknown thing that causes you to have to adapt and move quickly in an opposite direction, that change, that quick change going on their definition, like they're changed from one pattern to another pattern, um, doing it kind of ad hoc on like ad what just completely spon spontaneously um, that happens mostly in sport. Yeah. So yeah. playing a, a game where you're ex like you're, you know, playing softball or whatever, and you're the pitcher, you throw the ball, you're expecting something that normally happens, whether it's a strike or a ball or, you know, the ball's going to get over your head, but no, no, it comes right back at your face. Like that reaction time of changing from one pattern to a, like a throwing pattern to a catching pattern, and just whatever quickly that's going to be agility expecting the ball to get hit one way you're leaning one direction and like it goes the other way yeah. and you got it you got to change based on that outside stimulus not on some sort of rehearsed pattern yeah i'm, I'm trying not to belabor that but hopefully it's, it's clear what yeah, i'm talking yeah. about yeah i think their definition doesn't allow for doesn't uh, like sure carry that nuance but um but for the most part i think their definition is and again they're much smarter than i am so i'm not going to tell them their definition is wrong that wouldn't <laughs> that would be poor form on my part um anything else you want to add to agility no i i think you're right like i think it's something that like we see that much more in sport or in an i think like an accident fight or flight like how your yeah. body responds to something being thrown at your head or a car coming at you. Like it's that, that quick response time mm -hmm. of changing one direction to another, which is really hard in some movements, but like that's why wall ball comes to like, you have a ball coming at your face. How are you going to be able to move your body quick enough to get under, then re push it back up. Yeah. It's really hard. If you really want to make wall balls harder and work on agility more, just make them lumpy. So every time they come off the wall, they come off in a different direction yeah. and you've got to react to the yep. weird, like, I mean, don't, don't do that. You're going to break your face, yes. but like that would be, yeah. yeah, you know, something that would, that would work. Yeah. I think that there's like, and there's the only, that's like the sharpest, that unknown, like responding to that unknown yeah. um, quickly changing from one pattern to the other is can really only, I mean, it, you can try to do stuff in the, in the gym with it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's kind of clumsy and so but that's like the sharp point of the spear yeah stuff like yeah. it's it's great it's going to get you to a level 10 by pursuing that but you can do a lot of the stuff just i mean it's going to happen just by by trying to practice those patterns and changing from one pattern to the to another to another um we just i just this popped into my head a thing that we often see um this is a an agility thing we teach the clean mm -hmm. and then we teach the jerk yeah. The split jerk. Yeah. And then we ask people to put them together mm -hmm. and their brain brings them all together and we end up seeing a split clean Yes, because they like they're wanting, they're not wanting to change from one pattern to the other pattern. They're trying to just move it all 
together. Um, and I think there's some ag- agility stuff in, in that process. That's just part of that, that neurological adaptation in the brain, trying to learn those patterns and be able to change from one to the other. All right. Enough about agility. Balance. Balance. Ooh. Ability to control the placement of the body's center of gravity in the relation to its support base. So you're standing on one leg. Yep. You're going to have to kind of sh- shift your center of mass to the side of the leg that you're standing on, right? Yes. Um, to be able to balance there. Your ability to do that um, and do that through various positions on one leg but then also maybe you're upside down and you're trying to balance in a handstand Mm -hmm. which is incredibly hard it's still balance Mm. or you're learning to squat right and you get down to the bottom and you fall over backwards Mm -hmm. that's balance and um you're just asking your your center of mass has shifted to some place that you're not used to mm-hmm. and so you don't know how to balance there mm-hmm. so like all those things we get better at yeah through yeah. practice right? yeah the more we get upside down the better we're gonna be at being in balance there the more we spend time in that position where we lose balance in the squat the more we're gonna not lose balance uh, the five minute squat test. The five minute squat just spending time there yeah. yeah yeah but then i mean then we can challenge those positions with at changing our center of mass yeah. by adding additional weight to ourselves yeah. adding a barbell to the front r- front rack for a front squat or overhead squat or i mean that moves your whole center of balance up yeah. <laughs> a whole lot or putting it on your back or like all of those things are going to challenge your ability to find balance in a new way yeah. um and it doesn't have to like i was um i've heard this happens a lot, but people like do stuff on those stability balls, those big exercise balls or a BOSU ball mm-hmm. um, where it's like flat on one side and yep. round on the other. Um, you can do those things to challenge your balance and make your balance better. Great. But you don't have to. There are so many other things that you can do that also are going to push your balance that, that you don't need to put yourself on a silly ball. It's not, I shouldn't say silly ball, but yeah. a ball. A ball. A ball. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was number nine. Yeah. Number 10. Number 10. Accuracy. The ability to control movement in a given direction or at a given intensity. Mm. So can you throw a ball and have it go into the glove of the person that you're throwing it to? Or does it go over their head or at their feet? Or mm-hmm. yeah. Or if you're doing a wall ball, yeah. can you toss it to the same spot mm-hmm. on the wall mm-hmm. every single time? Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing a snatch. Mm-hmm. Can you put that barbell over your head in exactly the right spot every time? Right. Does it does it does it come up, go out in front? Does it go behind you? Like how how consistent can you be with moving an external object and putting it where you want it to go? Yeah, that's a that's a fun list. It is. It's a big sigh over there. Big big breath in. The yeah. sigh hasn't come yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think you know you look at this list and you I think the. Like when you're saying you look at it as a graph, you, you look at each of these individually mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm good at that. I'm good at that. But then when we put them all collectively together, mm-hmm. and that's what we want to look at right, yeah. for fitness is that we don't want to be excessive on one Mm-mm. and low on the other. Yeah. You could you could get yourself up to a 10 
sure. on strength. Sure. But I bet your cardiorespiratory endurance is going to be really low. Absolutely. So you're putting one at a higher at the expense of another. Right. And that means that your broad and inclusive fitness, your work capacity across broad time and mobile domains is there's a domain there mm-hmm. and modality there, I guess, um, that is suffering because mm-hmm. you've specialized in, in one. So if we look at all these things, we took a long time to go through them and explain them, but it doesn't have, I mean, just kind of thinking through these things. It, what are the things on those lists that you're like, ooh, I don't, I'm not great at that. Just, I mean, you don't even have to give yourself a ranking, but I mean, most people, flexibility is going to be the thing like, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm suffering at that. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, and, and it's like, it's funny uh, not to pick on the flexibility or the people that aren't flexible because I'm not flexible in a lot, a lot of ways, but it like, there's nothing like it's not the working on it is not sexy. It's no. not fun. Like yeah. it's not the same thing as getting stronger yeah. or I mean, if, or any of the other things that you're actually like moving, no one wants to do the work for flexibility. Yeah. But then when it comes down to stretching time and there's someone in the group that is flexible, everyone's like, Oh, I wish I was flexible like you, but they don't put the time in. They yeah. don't. So, um, but anyway, that's just, that's a thing that, that happens. Um, but we even see that on our, you know, you can on our monostructural days. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. When it's a running day. Yeah. Cause who likes to, some just, people, but, some people do. Yeah. But it's work mm-hmm. and it it's tough. It is. And or bike days when mm-hmm. we're just sitting on that bike. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's not fun. No, we know that. It hurts. It does. But, but we, that's why that's why we do yeah. it. Yeah, because we're trying to pursue improvement in all ten of these these things. Yeah. Um and anyone the person that ranks the highest across all 10 mm-hmm. is going to be the fittest. Yes. That is one. And again, this is one model of, of four mm-hmm. that we're going to look at. That kind of gives us a little bit more of a practical down to earth approach of understanding fitness that we don't have to talk about broad time and modal work capacity across broad time and modal domains. <laughs> that gets, I mean, I, I like talking about it. I like the nerdy part of it, but most people are like, they're going to roll their eyes, but I, I thought it was important to, to include today. Um, I wanted to take a moment here to talk about because this is our pursuit. Yeah. Is improved fitness, not improved weight loss or improved body composition. Those can be correlates to improved Mm -hmm. fitness, but our pursuit is that like there's nothing in these 10 general physical skills that says anything about body fat percentage. Correct. Again, again, this is just one model. We'll talk about other models in the future that are, that are important and that might come into the conversation at that point. But, um, but that means that our training should also have that pursuit. Mm-hmm. So this is a thing that's kind of a soapbox for me is CrossFit gyms that have a bias in their training, whether they have a strength piece every single day or they um, don't teach the snatch in the clean and jerk because they're too technical they're too challenging for people there are gyms that do that they don't teach those movements um, and it, it's it's fine I'm not like judging anyone right but if we are pursuing fitness um, 
these are the things that we should be doing. And our training and our workouts should be about getting those results is improvement across these 10 general mm-hmm. physical skills. Mm-hmm. Not about we're going to look huge yeah. or we're going to be the strongest gym. Yeah. Because then we're probably biasing our training and neglecting something over here. And none of these are more important than another because we, to be the, to pursue actual fitness, we want to be great at all of them. And so at Timber and Steel here, like our, our workouts are non-biased. We do all kinds of things to improve all of this stuff. And, um, a thing that I, like I get when I do consultations from people that are come in and they've been to a previous CrossFit gym, a lot of CrossFit gyms are not unbiased they do what's popular when people want to lift barbells yeah and they sacrifice what's effective and um so they anyway they put the popular above above the effective and that that unbiased training and so when i talk to people about what we do here that they've had a previous crossfit experience um they're like oh well this this is not for me this is a beginner's gym or some sort of that, that sort of mindset where they are missing the point because they're really, they, they want a CrossFit like program that's biased towards mm-hmm. strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. There's a lot of gyms out there that are like that. Our gym is not one of them. Yeah. And we, um, and I think that is a huge differentiator for us in the, in the marketplace, but it's also a, a little bit of a hurdle for us yeah. to kind of, yeah. to get over at times, but just to put that out there that, Hey, we are committed to helping people for all through all of these things because our view is about quality of life, yeah. long-term health, fitness improving over long-term, not about let's just see how strong we can get you and we'll throw in some heavy breathing yeah. every once in a while. Like, no, <laughs> we we want to do it all. We want to get better at all of it. So anything to add? No, that, I think that was, that was a great ending to that. All right. It was uh, a pleasure. As always, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and send those to us. And um, yeah, we'll see you later, Jenny. See you next time.